The opinions expressed by Karen Scott Mims and the guests on this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this podcast platform. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information that's considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risks and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as a recommendation appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor whom you have specifically retained to determine if it's suitable for your specific situation. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subjects covered. Investment advisory services are offered through Brookstone Capital Management LLC, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Harbor Point Wealth Management are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Income regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Income regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance products and guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by Brookstone Capital Management. Most people simply ignore taxation through the four phases of your wealth. Instead of understanding the three tax buckets, you arrive at retirement with a huge 401k in the tax-deferred bucket and ignore the taxable and, most importantly, the tax-free bucket. How can the middle-class millionaire, average Joe and Jane, be so unprepared about how to protect their wealth using tax loopholes like the wealthy one percenters do? Easy. Welcome to the Tax Smart Tax Zero podcast. This is a show about tax free wealth. Financial advisors sell rate of return. Annuity salesmen sell what else? Annuities. And part time tax preparers sell a 1040 to submit on April 15th. But the real goal is to implement strategic tax planning. We invite you to take the journey and explore the path to the 0% tax bracket. It's time to divorce Uncle Sam from your wealth. And now, your host, noted tax attorney and private wealth strategist, Karen Scott Mims, Esquire. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tax Smart Tax Zero, the path to the 0% tax bracket. I am your host, Karen Scott Mims. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, We have an absolutely fabulous show for you today. Our show is entitled Examples of Generational Wealth. When to wait to pass down wealth and when not to wait to pass down wealth. So I'm going to start by asking a very simple question. If I were to perform a quick survey right now to all of the listeners of this podcast and ask them on a scale of 1 to 10, how much they love the person that is listed as their beneficiary on their beneficiary form, how much on a scale of 1 to 10 do they want those beneficiaries to have a better life, how much on a scale of 1 to 10 do they want those beneficiaries to pay less taxes, if not 0% taxes, and then question number 4, on a scale of 1 to 10, what level of asset protection in the event that they were divorced or otherwise somehow had a lien judgment or creditor against them, how much of a level of asset protection do we want to have to these inherited assets? And so I can say to you, most people would easily rate one or all of those concerns kind of as a number 10, meaning that exactly the kind of asset And the kind of tax classification and the kind of asset protection that they would want for their beneficiaries is a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10. 
The problem is that their assets on their balance sheet, i.e. you, the person who owns them now, the problem is that the assets that you have on the balance sheet as they are currently constructed don't reflect those characteristics. And so it is often the case, as is here, that you have fallen into the most basic of tax traps, right? Failing to distinguish between taxable money, tax deferred, and tax-free results from that money, but also failing to recognize the coordination and the integration of what you consider your retirement plan and your estate plan. And then I think I'll say failure to apply tax planning to every single financial decision that you are making on your behalf and on the behalf of your beneficiaries. So with that being said, I turn your attention, of course, to this whole idea of generational wealth, which I said is the topic and the theme for today's show. And so if we think about the actual phase of wealth transfer, that is the phase in which assets are being transferred to beneficiaries, typically in one of three basic ways. So method number one, there is actually a beneficiary form. And that is because the asset that is being controlled is a non-probate asset. So a couple of shows ago, we talked about the whole idea of probate, how to avoid it. Um, And so for right now, we'll just say if it's a non-probate asset, certainly one of the ways um, is typically a beneficiary form. It could also be because you have that asset being controlled by a last will and testament. That is the complete opposite. That is clearly a probate asset meaning that you have to go through the estate administration process in order to effectuate the transfer of that asset. And then the third way is by having a trust. So clearly a trust, right, is going to dictate and control a non-probate asset. Now, without going into, I guess, a whole discussion of trust, which we are going to, by the way, start to do in these next couple of months, We're going to talk specifically about types of irrevocable trusts and how to use them. But for today, we'll just suffice to say that if we don't talk about the many different types of trusts, we can put them into two categories, a revocable or irrevocable trust. And so let's make sure that we understand the idea of a revocable trust. So a revocable trust is a document that is drafted and executed during your lifetime. It is typically for the purpose of avoiding probate. And there are a whole bunch of different reasons why you might want to avoid probate. It might be that you want to avoid the entire probate process because you are a rather private person. And we know that probate is complete opposite of privacy. It is a very public event. You have an entire process in which it is a matter of public record. It might be that you want to avoid probate because you have real estate in multiple jurisdictions, multiple states, and you want to avoid estate administration in all of those jurisdictions. 
since we understand that if you had one property that you owned in Maryland, one property in California, and one property in Texas, you actually have to have a state administration in all of those jurisdictions. Third reason why you might want to have a revocable trust is that you somehow see it as a form of asset protection. You have a beneficiary who either has current creditor issues or you expect them to have future creditor issues in the form of divorce or litigation, maybe because your beneficiary is a physician or they are in some other type of occupation that makes them an excellent target to be named as a defendant. And so regardless of the reason why you want to have a revocable trust, not a problem. It's easy to administer. It's easy to set up. It certainly avoids lump sum distribution of the assets. But what it does not do is it does not do anything whatsoever when it comes to tax mitigation. So there is no benefit whatsoever to a tax benefit when you are talking about irrevocable trust. So in other words, tax flaws that exist in the current wealth structure are still going to be there if you have set up a revocable trust, right? So I wanna make that clear. Okay, so let's go talk about some of the other conflicts that also might arise in your life as well. Because what I just described is a a conflict when we talk about the revocable trust. But let's talk about these other conflicts that you have as well that we need to address. If I introduce you right now to Average Joe and Jane, they are our middle-class millionaires. And they, in particular, have two other bigger conflicts when it comes to their wealth that they have never resolved. The first is that they have a a million dollars in the 401k. And Sam has said to me plain and clear, I am a millionaire. He says, here is my 401k statement to prove it. Look right here on it. It has a million dollars. I, of course, assert that Sam is not a millionaire and I challenge him to prove it with one simple test. Sam, if you say that you have a million dollars and hence you are a millionaire, then do me a favor. Let me see you take all of the million dollars out of the account and let me see you purchase something with the million dollars that you now have out of the account. Of course, Sam will not be able to do that because it is a million dollars of tax deferred money. It is the typical 60-40 split that I talk about. And so Sam is unfortunately not going to be able to have a million dollars because the IRS stands right there as his business partner for their 40% of it. So unfortunately, Sam's not going to be able to do that, okay? Now, let me tell you some other things about Sam. So Sam has a daughter, Jennifer. She's a physician. And Sam has said that he always, right, kind of from day one, he always wanted to make sure that he was going to provide a $200,000 inheritance for Jennifer, The other thing that Average Joe has said is that um, he is going to provide the college tuition for Jennifer's child. And at the time that he made that statement, he thought Jennifer is probably just going to have one child. Not going to be a big deal. I'll be able to set aside for that. It's not going to be a big deal. Well, as we fast forward to this year, Jennifer and her soon-to-be ex-husband have actually five children. 
the five children are ages 15, 16, 17, and twin girls that are 18, just ready to go to college. And by the way, those girls have decided that, goodness gracious, state school, the local college, is not good enough for them, of course. Um, they have decided that Harvard is the only acceptable place that they want to go, by the way, for both undergraduate and law school and medical school. So one of the girls wants to be an attorney, one wants to be a doctor. So again, Harvard is the only acceptable choice and not a big deal because now their grandfather, i.e. Average Joe, has already stated that he is going to pay for that. Goodness gracious. Okay. So today our show is entitled Examples of Generational Wealth. I always like to make the statement, the first generation makes it, the second generation builds it, and the third generation blows it. Hmm. Okay. So we're talking about this idea of providing generational wealth. We are asking the question, when we wait to pass down the wealth and when we don't wait to pass down the wealth. Each of those is obviously based on you understanding tax strategy, among other things, as well as the family dynamics um, that we also need to take into consideration. And so I'm going to ask certainly a very uh, important question. I'm going to ask, is there an entitlement to a monetary inheritance, i.e. cash in hand? Is there something more valuable that you can choose to provide that accomplishes to the beneficiary an even greater benefit in the form of 100% financial freedom? So those are questions that we're going to ask. We've talked in this segment about the conflict, certainly that Average Joe and Jane have when it comes to this million dollars that they have saved for retirement. And by the way, I should mention that Average Joe and Jane, they do not have long-term care. So if either of them were to suffer an event in which they actually needed long-term care, they have decided that they are going to self-fund that. That's a really interesting dynamic, right? Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing is that Average Joe and Jane, they do not have pensions. So while they definitely both have Social Security, this million dollars that they have saved, albeit in the wrong tax bucket, right, on the tax-deferred bucket, um, so this million dollars that they have saved, this is a million dollars that they have to use for their retirement. And I asked the question, right, and I have tried to kind of said this to Average Joe and Jane, can you help me understand, do you want to have a better lifestyle in retirement than you did in all the years that you struggled to save that $1 million? The answer, of course, is yes. And you know my theory, either you fly first class or your beneficiaries will. Well, so you're listening to another episode of Tax Smart Tax Zero, the path to the 0% tax bracket. I am your host, Karen Scott Mims, tax attorney, registered investment advisor, representative, accountant, estate planner, and certainly my favorite role, private wealth and tax strategist. Our show for today is entitled Examples of Generational Wealth. My number, in case you have some questions about this very topic, my number, of course, is 866 866- Again, that number is 866-621-6660. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. It used to be easy to create a retirement strategy. Work 40 years, save money, live off that money for a few years during retirement. Things have changed. 
For many retirees, reliable income is a lot harder to come by. We're living longer than ever, so that chunk of retirement money now needs to last till 85, 90, even 100. Don't go it alone. Call Karen Scott Mims at Harbor Point Wealth Management. Harbor Point Wealth Management offers no obligation retirement income strategy sessions. Karen's team will dig into your unique situation and, if possible, design a custom strategy to help generate the supplemental retirement income you need. Call Harbor Point Wealth Management right now to schedule your retirement income strategy session. 866-621-6660. That's 866-621-6660. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC a registered investment advisor. BCM and Harbor Point Wealth Management are independent of each other. Welcome back to the Tax Smart Tax Zero podcast. And now your host, noted tax attorney and private wealth strategist, Karen Scott Mims, Esquire. Welcome back to the second half of Tax Smart Tax Zero, the path to the 0% tax bracket. I am your host, Karen Scott Mims. Thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you for coming back to the second half of the show. Our show for today is entitled Examples of Generational Wealth. And if you are a regular listener of our show, you know that in the second half of the show, we are talking about how to legally, ethically, and morally divorce and disinherit. Uh, the IRS from your wealth. And so we focus, of course, on the idea of tax-free wealth and the 0% tax bracket. Zero is my hero is the phrase that I always like to use. We talk about a 0% income tax bracket, a 0% capital gains bracket, a 0% estate bracket, a 0% excise tax bracket, and a 0% inheritance tax bracket. In this second half of the show, um, we, of course, are going to uh, focus on not all four phases of your wealth. We're going to focus on the last two phases, i.e. the wealth distribution and the wealth transfer phase. It is, of course, the wealth distribution phase that average Joe and Jane find themselves in when they are no longer W-2 employees. They are no longer going to rely on what we call earned income to meet their monthly expenses in retirement. And by the way, that's a retirement that's going to last for the next 30 to 40 years. So it's at this time in their lives that they begin to understand that their issues, we'll say, um, and their focus should not be on the double-digit rate of return that they were chasing all through the accumulation phase, right? Understandably. But instead, it needs to be on the four very difficult, right, and very different items that they need to address. They are, number one, not losing money. Number two, not running out of money. Number three, not forgetting rules one and two. And number four, erasing the four very real conflicts that exist when it comes to that $1 million of tax-deferred money that they have saved. So let's talk about those conflicts. There are four of them. And so conflict number one, that is what they experienced in the wealth accumulation phase. It was the conflict of allocating between how much money do I spend for my family for basic food, clothing, and shelter, and how much do I save for retirement? And so to me, though, I think the question was really, do I want to live well now? Or do I want to ensure that I live well in the 30 or 40 years that I spend in retirement? That was a conflict. So then second conflict, 
was in the type of taxation and the location of where you were gonna save whatever amount that you decided to allocate for retirement. And so it's kind of interesting. I always like to say that um, the question that people really pose is, um, do I want to think that I'm tax savvy by putting money into a 401k each year so I can make this year's tax return result in me having lower taxable income and I save money this year, but then I end up paying hundreds of thousands of dollars later? Or do I want to be truly tax savvy, right? And save hundreds of thousand dollars of taxes in lifetime taxation. And I instead don't fund that 401k, but fund some tax free, right? Buckets instead. Then the third uh, conflict, that's the conflict that's now being recognized now while average Joe and Jane are in the wealth distribution phase. Because now, average Joe and Jane's obligation to themselves to have 100% financial freedom, not to mention the money they owe to the IRS, but to have 100% financial freedom versus the college tuition, that's a real conflict. Because as you see, there is only one bucket of money, right? It's the bucket that has the $1 million in it. And so um, what we seem to be doing is asking that single bucket of money to fund their retirement, the monthly household expenses, the travel, the lifestyle that they only dreamed about, that they already sacrificed for in the accumulation stage when they were providing for their family, right? We're now asking them to take that single bucket of money to pay college tuition for Jennifer's five children who have, as I said earlier, decided that they are going to attend Harvard, um, because that is the only school that is acceptable for them. And in particular, that is Harvard for undergrad and both law school and medical school. Okay. Now, the fourth conflict that average Joe and Jane have, we stated this in the first half of the show, the whole idea that they wanted to have this $200,000 inheritance that they wanted to give um, to Jennifer. And and so, by the way, that like, does Jennifer get the whole $200,000? Because if they're using the tax deferred money, Jennifer doesn't get a step up in basis. No one gets a step up in basis with tax deferred money, right? So the partnership that um, average Joe and Jane have with the IRS, that continues for all of your beneficiaries. We, of course, are talking about generational wealth. I am your host, Karen Scott Mims, tax attorney, registered investment advisor, representative, estate planner, accountant, and certainly my favorite role, private wealth and tax strategist. So, you know, I will say to you, you can't be all things to all people. And that bucket of money, it just has a million dollars of tax deferred money in it. It can't be everything to every person. It's kind of like your first boyfriend. You kind of realize, right, he couldn't be all that you needed him to be. It's like your tax preparer. They're not going to give you tax advice. They're not going to engage in tax planning. The biggest reason, obviously, is because their business model doesn't doesn't allow for it, right? Because their business model is, hey, I have to see 2,000 people in 15 minutes. And so, right, they don't possess neither the skill, the will, the time, or the expertise to help you. It's almost kind of like our podcast, right? And so our podcast is specifically for people who understand and appreciate the value of engaging in tax planning. They are interested in holding, structuring, and protecting assets that generate tax-free wealth. 
because right, what we do, we're gonna go beyond what the tax preparer does. We're gonna go beyond what the financial advisor does, focused on rate of return. We're gonna go beyond traditional asset classes because yes, as I am teaching and mentoring my goddaughter, better known as the passive income princess, we are absolutely teaching her that real estate is an asset class that absolutely belongs in that portfolio. So with that being said, in the last few minutes, let me say this. The bottom line is that we had to go about restructuring the assets, right? We had to change the manner in which we are going to accomplish that same goal. So the first thing that we have to do is we had to address the million dollars of tax deferred money and the partnership with the IRS. And so we did that. So the first thing that we did, let's just say, even if we took a very basic example and we bought out um, the IRS because Average Joe and Jane were in a 12% bracket, that's not going to last for long because the TCJA, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, is going to sunset in 2025. It might sunset very likely before that when we reach November 3rd, or I should say in the days after November 3rd, right, in the Biden tax plan. Okay, so... That's the first thing. If we buy out the IRS now, we pay $120,000 to buy them out, 12% tax bracket. That leaves us $880,000. If we just switch to a fixed rate of return, 8% investment, rule of 72 tells us, wow, we're just going to double the money, get that back and then some, all of it tax-free. Because once we buy them out, everything after that is now tax-free. If we grow that tax-free money, rule of 72 says that at 8%, we can double that money in nine years. That sounds like a plan, okay? Second thing we're gonna do, obligation of college tuition. Hmm, let me think about that. So in other words, I could give $200,000 now. This is from the point of view of average Joe and Jane. So we can give $200,000 now. And so here's the question that I had them pose. Do you want to give $200,000 now to the grandchildren or do you want to give them a guaranteed $2 million in 30 years, kind of like at age 50 or so, age 52? And so what if we say we'll do that for all of the grandchildren? That is a no-brainer. That way, average Joe and Jane get to, quite honestly, keep their money, conflict avoided. Okay, so now it's the last conflict. It's the $200,000 that they were going to give to daughter Jennifer. So as I said, Jennifer is a physician, right? She works for Kaiser. And so let's think about this. Um, By the way, Jennifer lives in uh, California. So if we give her $200,000, is she going to see any of that? Well, she's going to automatically lose 50% of that. Number one, from a federal tax standpoint, 37% is gone from a state tax standpoint, 13.3% of that is gone. Hmm, I do the math, 50.3% of that is gone. So instead, what we did was a little something different. So we said, what about if we basically took over the negotiations? Jennifer, by the way, is a physician. She works at a hospital. She has an executive compensation package. What if we took over and constructed a more tax efficient compensation package for her. So in other words, we acted as the financial advisor, the tax advisor, and the tax attorney during those negotiations. We constructed a structure in which the amount of taxes that she would pay and the extra income far exceeded the $200,000. So average Joe and Jane still provided generational wealth 
It was through the expertise of having a tax attorney to act on behalf of Jennifer in those compensation negotiations. But the bottom line is that today, we were talking about this whole idea of generational wealth, right? We talked about the conflicts that they faced. We talk about the conflicts and we basically resolve those conflicts. Average Joe and Jane brought out the IRS, right? So they now, they no longer have tax deferred money. They have tax free money. The five grandchildren, instead of having $200,000 each of them for tuition, we are going to give them $2 million, right? Age 50, 52. And Jennifer, we not only, we didn't give her the $200,000 in tax deferred money, we actually gave her the expertise, quite frankly, of a tax attorney that allowed her to negotiate a better executive compensation package and allowed her to literally have hundreds of thousands of dollars more than she would have already had. By the way, did I mention that the same is true for Average Joe and Jane? They too, by kind of using the, our 10-step process for tax planning, we saved them hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxation. So I'm going to ask you right about now, is that something that made sense? Do we see that the complexity of the tax code is undeniable? The relevancy of using other sections besides the 401k, absolutely undeniable. But if given the opportunity to save hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes, are you telling me that your answer is no? Are you telling me that you don't want to do what the wealthy 1% do, that instead you just want them to allow them to serve in Congress and have the opportunity to perpetuate the hypocrisy of increasing your own tax burden? Well, I think not. So, golly wally, where does the time go? Thank you so much for joining us today. You've been listening to another episode of Tax Smart Tax Zero, the path to the 0% tax bracket. I'm your host, Karen Scott Mims. Thank you so much for joining us. Barbara, if you've joined us, get back to work. This concludes another episode of the Tax Smart Tax Zero podcast. Get ready to create tax-free wealth and start on the path to the 0% tax bracket. To receive your TaxSmart Tax Zero Toolkit, you can reach us by telephone at 866-621-6660 or text the word TAX to 301-900-5758 or send an email to tax at TaxSmartTaxZero.com. Want to attend our virtual seminar, Guide to Tax Minimization, Estate Planning, and Passive Real Estate Income? Text the word SEMINAR to 301-900-5758. Send an email to seminar at taxmarttaxzero.com and we'll register you and also keep you updated of all future virtual seminar dates and times. Don't forget to visit taxmarttaxzero.com and on our YouTube channel. There, you can like us and subscribe to learn more about our tax study group, Zero is My Hero, or attend our upcoming webinars. Follow us on Facebook and as always, sign up for our monthly tax newsletter and divorce Uncle Sam as the primary beneficiary of your wealth. Join us next week for another episode of Tax Smart Tax Zero, the path to the 0% tax bracket. 